its flow, and this is my impression of a beat poet. Name. Name your. Name your price. Ah, a tool, an idea, an inspiration. To do more than just say what you want to pay. Oh, no. But to see the options that could fit your budget. Steve. Steve, enough bongos. Find car insurance that fits your budget at Progressive.com. Makes me want to dance. Steve! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everybody, this week's podcast is brought to you by DirecTV. Not many people know this, but when MMA was rising from the dead, DirecTV was one of the first providers to air both Pride FC and UFC. Cable-crushing deals starting at $29.99. Huge discount if you visit thedreamingleapro.com and click the link. And if you aren't allergic to parties, sign up and start saving money today with DirecTV. Our Dream Elite podcast starring Max, Adam, Brandon, and myself. Welcome to Dream Elite Radio. Good evening, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to another edition of the Good Old Podcast here on DreamLeapPro.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. And sorry about the technical difficulties last week, of course. Got that fixed, got that rectified. We have Alex, Nick, the Spartan Nicholson coming on, on the show. But more importantly, we also have our guests, our special hosts, if you will, the permanent host and an MMA genius of the highest caliber. Ladies and gentlemen, it is... Welcome, John. Hey, good to be back. Thank you for having me. Hey now, hey now, hey now. Welcome back to the show. And we, of course, as always, the, uh, I don't even know what to call him anymore, but he is um, infamous for many, many things. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be Hollywood Adam. Oh, Hogan, we're coming for you. Adam, welcome once again. What up? Adam, you want to shout out your million uh, social media outlets while we're at it? Yeah, you know, follow me on stuff. <laughs> Adam, no, okay. very true. Hey, hey, Adam, I, guys, I actually have a really important question. We are talking about this before the show started to air, and this is why I sound so distracted. Okay, so Bud Light, okay, it's the official sponsor of UFC, right? And their slogan is, it's the perfect beer for whatever happens. And I'm currently drinking a Bud Light. But is it really the perfect beer for whatever happens? I mean, whatever, if you're held at gunpoint, maybe it's during a gangbang. Like, is it really the perfect beer for whatever happens? John, what do you think? What's your thoughts? I mean, I believe that they wouldn't advertise it as such if it wasn't true. It has to be hmm. the perfect beer for whatever happens. They, right, would, they, right. just, they wouldn't lie to us. I just don't think they would lie to us like that. Adam, is it the perfect beer for whatever happens? I don't know. I feel... I, one part of me feels like you kind of have a rape fantasy because everything that you put the beer in is like rape or guns in your face. So what's going on with what you, you, David Potter? What are you talking about? That doesn't even have anything to do with it. Okay, furthermore. Okay, that, getting well, off why, topic, Wait, wait, right? wait. David, why, why are you avoiding the question? 
Yeah. What do you mean, why am I avoiding the question? I'm trying to make a joke, and I'm taking it to a differently uh, dark place. Why are you being a person? Adam, forget it. We're not going to talk about David's personal life right now. <laughs> so, so Bud Light isn't really the perfect beer for whatever happens. Isn't that, like, kind of false advertisement? Can I sue them? I, I think I could sue Bud Light because it's not really the perfect beer for whatever happens. I mean, whether there's oh. a death in the family. And what I was just thinking about like- that. Are you getting raped? Is that what's happening? No, I'm like Bud Light, their slogan, the perfect beer for whatever happens, but it really isn't the perfect beer for whatever happens, is it? See, I just challenge your, your way of thinking. The listeners right now, just challenge your entire way of thinking. Change their lives. I mean, but why isn't it the perfect beer for whatever happens? What if uh, that beer helps you in that situation in some sort of way, whether it be physical or mental? I mean, you're just blanketly saying it isn't, but I don't even hear any reasons why not. Well, I, I think we all need a beer after UFC 201. So getting on topic, huge <laughs> <laughs> changing topics completely because that joke was taken way too out of left field. But UFC 201 just happened. We have a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of things have been happening. A lot of things have transpired in the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, UFC 200, we already talked about that. But uh, UFC 201, we'll start off there. T. Wood, big T. Wood, getting the huge knockout win over Robbie Lawler. Did any of you guys see that coming? John, I think you were the one, either you or Adam were the ones that called it, that T. Wood was actually going to come away with a win. But, John, what did you think about the overall card? Um, the overall, overall card was, it was all right. I mean, I, I, honestly, I didn't pay attention to the most of it outside of the co and main event due to – my my good friend Joel coming off a knockout victory um, hours before the event started, but yeah, I mean, I that, there you go. I look to you, Joel. Yeah, um, as for the main event, I I was calling for Woodley possibly having the power to put away um, Lawler. Adam could vouch for that. I've been talking about that power he had. He finally showed it. It's been a while, but I mean. It, it was surprising, nonetheless. And then I, I was disappointed in the Rose performance with, uh, against Carolina. I mean, not not because it was a bad fight, but just because I was really pulling for Rose to get the victory. Right. And then Rose was a guest on our show, too, and we love Rose and really disappointed with that with that loss. Uh, Adam, what did you think about uh, Woodley versus uh, Waller? Did you see it going a different way? I had Woodley by decision. I thought it was going to be an upset win, but... Woodley made it look like that Robbie Lawler didn't even belong in the same ring as him. Did you, did you agree? Do you agree, disagree? Um, it was a short fight, you know. I think Robbie got tagged, you know. Like, that shin eventually is going gonna, gonna to wilt. He's been in some wars, you know, and it, it, it does damage on you. So, I mean, listen, Woodley's not the best welterweight in that division. I mean, right now he's the champ. He finished Robbie Lawler, but we've seen him get dominated by what I thought was the most dominating victory. Like, I don't know. I can't even explain it when, when he fought Rory McDonald and got absolutely schooled. Um, so he has a he has a tendency to, like, I guess, like, not believe in himself sometimes or even get scared and shell up. Because like, if you have that power, you should be – if you can knock out Robbie Lawler, you should be knocking out or dropping at least – Rory McDonald and, and, you know, other fighters. Uh, you know, Kevin Gastelum, that was a boring-ass fight. They were, like, he was, like, dancing around. It was boring as fuck. If you're going to go in there 
and sling haymakers and knock out Robbie Lawler. Why are you fighting Kevin Gastelum like you think you're fucking Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, but you're not? So, but let's be, I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. There, there, there's always the cliche, though, but that uh, Styles makes fights, and maybe just Lawler matched up with him in a way that led to the knockout. But I guess, you but touch upon. I feel like he's inconsistent with his performance. He's he's so inconsistent that it. No, yeah, that's right. that's true. Yeah, yeah, but like the division has been a revolving door of champions ever since uh, GSP left uh, left uh, left the the UFC. It's it's literally been it's literally been champion after champion after champion after champion. Not really. I mean, it's been, no, it's no, been, no, it's been just been between two guys. Yeah, yeah, it's just been Hendricks, Lawler, and now Woodley. Now, if Woodley can't hold on to it, now it becomes a bit of a revolving door. I mean, Lawler was he had two title defenses, you know, like he he was kind of holding it down for a while. Yeah, but I think I'm drinking. I think also the reason why I'm drinking. Did you see, uh, like Rose? I, I how did she get neutralized? And I I don't fucking get it. And and I was watching the fight and I replayed it. I don't get how Rose got beat. Like Rose on, on nice clean victory for her, but. You know, her opponent came out of nowhere and, and beat her and beat her soundly. Like, John, did you see that variable coming? Um, I really didn't. I mean, I, I knew Carolina was a, a tough opponent, but I, I had Rose being more than capable of outstriking her and just being the better overall mixed martial artist. Um, honestly, I, I scored that fight for Rose, but I, could, I also have to admit I wasn't under the best judgment. I was kind of drunk at the time. But I had her winning one and two. Then, you know, upon further review of the fight, I could see how she lost the second round. She, she was doing very well striking while she was hitting her with haymakers, with combinations, everything. But Carolina just didn't care. She kept it moving, and she clinched up. And once she found that clinch, she, she found all those knees. And it seemed like the knees were doing significant damage as opposed to, like, Rose's combinations, which were landing but didn't seem to have the impact that Carolina was having. And then the third yeah. round came, and it was pure, you know, Rose definitely dropped that round. Um, did you see that? They, weren't those knees fucking brutal? No, I thought those knees did the probably the most damage and were the, were the were the deciding factors in the fight. And I think that's what hurt Rose. Did, were, were you watching that fight, on? I mean, I, I honestly, uh, to be honest, I didn't catch the full fight. I did catch some of the highlights, and you know, obviously, it looked like it looked like he was she was getting. She was getting the works, you know, but that's just based off of the highlights, you know what I mean? I think, you know, it sounds like people are going off the damage, but I, I honestly have to rewatch the fight. I, ne- I haven't got a chance to, to watch the full card because, again, I was at the fight, um, yeah. you know, for, for Joel, Joel Vasquez. Um, and then, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm confused as well. Like, I, I thought she was going to take that fight. I'm not sure what happened, and I, I personally have to go back and review that. And by the way, uh, it, first things first, uh, Joel winning a huge, huge knockout victory. One of our guys, actually uh, from Brooklyn MMA, trains with Brandon, who is your brother. Uh, excellent victory for, uh, for Brooklyn MMA for you guys. Um, huge shout-out. Joel, if you're listening, hope to get you on the show. Joel with a big knockout. And uh, Adam, Adam, how fucking sick was that knockout, though? That, that, two, that two, one, one, two walk-away knockout. How fucking sick was that? <laughs> Uh, it was beautiful, man. I mean, I don't think that can really. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you've had friends that fought and you fought yourself, but that experience, man, when you're going out there to see your friend fight and that's like your boy that you've gotten drunk with and 
you know, knocked out on the same fucking bed with no homo. <laughs> like it's just it's such a different experience when when you have like like you're a boy, like you're a boy boy fighting and, and he goes in and gets a clean knockout like that. I mean we all we made the biggest commotion that whole night I'm sure and it's just a great experience, man, and, and that KO is just something that he deserves and something that he's worth a lot, uh, you know, to get. You know, he went to Cali. He trained with Team Alpha Male. So this is a this is a legit dude and an incredible athlete. Yeah, he's big things coming for him. And, and John, you were there with your, your brother, right? Yeah, correct, man. And it, it was a special moment. Like like Adam was saying, there's, like, there's a different energy to it. I mean, there's a different energy just to, to live fights in general. You know, like, you feel, you hear everything, you know, there's, you know, just, a, it's way different than watching it on TV, but then to add in, like, there's a personal and emotional, like, investment in this, like, we know this guy, we have trained with him, I've rolled with him, you know, leading up to this fight, you know, and for him to go in there, basically, I don't, with, I don't believe he was touched once, and then cleanly knocking out a guy, not even, he did the classic Mark Hunt walk-off, he dropped him, looked at him, kept it moving. He knew it was over, and it was... You know what? Nothing was stopping that, even after going to see UFC 201, you know. We we, we saw the, our main event, you know? Yeah. You guys, we, we have to show this video, because even on the amateur level, and we talk a lot about UFC and the professional level, but even on the Amis, these guys are training hard. These cats, like Joel, is training day and night to prepare for their fight. They want, they want to make this into a career. It, the, the beauty behind it is Joel led him in the guy was jabbing, trying to gauge distance, and then Joel hit him with the cleanest shot. That, like, you heard the sound. And, Adam, you showed the fucking video. Like, you heard the crack on his jaw. Yeah. Clean, sound victory. Clean cut. It's walk-away victory. Uh, unbelievable. Like, it, it was crazy, man. That, that, that video yeah. was crazy. It was pretty – it was amazing. And it's like, you know, I watched the video a few times, and, you know, after I got over the, the freaking hype um, – you really get to because you know the it was a I think it was like a two minute round and the first minute nobody really did anything he was just kind of like he was just kind of watching and and you know there were some dudes in the crowd that don't really know too much about you know MMA and they were yeah. kind of yelling like oh get him like be first go in there throw your right. hands and I, in my mind the whole time I'm like nah he knows what he's doing Joel's watching him he's getting his timing down and that knockout purely came down to timing because. He was watching the way the guy moved. He knew the guy was going to throw three jabs and stop. And as soon as the guy stopped after that third jab, Joel just blitzed him with like a hook and an overhand right and just fucking finished him one fucking time, one exchange. It was, it was, it was crazy. Wow. The, the fighters nowadays, man, are on a different frequency. And uh, he's so humble, too. He's such a cool cat. Like, wasn't he dressed, like, uh, he dressed in a pizza suit when we went paintballing or some shit, John? Was, was, that, was that Joel? Yeah, yep. that, that was Joel, man. He, he's that character. Full pizza suit. He was the pizza ninja. <laughs> and yeah, he was doing his thing out there, man. That's Joel. He, he's, a, he's a crazy cat and a phenomenal fighter. Yeah, from the amateur levels all the way on. The, the, the sport looks bright with more. If there's more Joels in the sport, the, 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 the future of MMA looks very, very bright. Huge knockout victory. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot of shit because we have so much stuff coming on. UFC 202 which uh, Adam is very, very excited for, considering uh, his boyfriend, uh, Conor McGregor, is going to be fighting on. So we're going to talk a little bit on that. The entire card is finally full, so we'll be able to make predictions, be able to like, critique it, see how it's going to go down. The hype train, though, is, is full force. I mean, you, 
it's so weird to watch now. You see Nate Diaz looking so uncomfortable, but yet doing his thing on like Conan O'Brien and uh, Jimmy Kimmel show. Like this, this fight is bigger than UFC 200. This fight, it's possibly the biggest money maker in UFC history. Like Adam, how excited are you to watch finally uh, Nate Diaz go out and fight uh, Conor McGregor again? I'm pretty excited, man. I'm also like. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't kind of nerve-wracked. You know, it's I'm a, I'm a you know obviously you know that I'm a big Conor McGregor fan. Um, I like I like the theatrics he comes with. I like the entertainment factor, and and he's also a dope and a, an incredible fighter. So you know to see him lose that last time, it was kind of heartbreaking. Me and uh, uh Brandon we were at a party after, and girls were literally trying to talk to us and hit on us, and we were so heartbroken that Connor lost that we couldn't even reciprocate that energy. <laughs> as lame as that so I'm, I'm going into this fight kind of nervous. I mean, I, I think I think Connor is a better fighter and overall athlete, but you cannot deny, you know, the height and weight difference there. So I'm, I'm going into it kind of nervous, but I'm definitely excited. Well, it's also going to be good for the sport, too, if Conor McGregor wins. I mean, look, he's bringing in so many eyes. Nate Diaz, and I see, Adam, where you're coming from and where John was coming from, too, that Conor McGregor does not only good for the sport, but he also does good for his opponents. When was Nate Diaz ever on talk shows or in the in the press or doing all these media tours? He he was never a big name until he crossed swords with uh, with Nate, with Conor McGregor. Now, now with this fight happening, I think it's best for the sport if Conor McGregor wins. And even though I'm rooting for Nate Diaz, because I'm a Nate Diaz fan, I got, I got to stay loyal to Stockton, uh, Conor McGregor, it'll be better for the sport if uh, if Conor McGregor wins. Agree or disagree, John? Um, I, I'm sorry, I missed your question. What, what were you saying exactly? <laughs> I, I'm saying if, you know, if Conor McGregor is doing so much good for the sport. You know, uh, Nate Diaz was never doing promos. He was never doing press conferences until he – Start uh, the feud with Conor McGregor. Do you think Conor McGregor winning would be better for the sport? Is it good or bad if, if Conor McGregor wins? I think it would be better for the sport. Do you do you agree? Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. Just for the fact that um, Nate Nate is huge right now, but most of that was caused due to him being you know associated with Conor with the fight, with the press conferences, and all that. With Conor, I mean, he's still a young guy. He's a champion. He you know, he has that extra it factor, and we need superstars like that. I know, I know, Nate's doing his thing now. He's on Conan, but that's all because of of Connor. It, we'll, we'll, if say say if Nate loses this next match, will he be on Conan again? If he's fighting, you know, the Michael Johnsons of the world, you know, like those not not those high profile fights anymore. I don't think so. I, I think Connor needs to win. He needs to to shine because right now. The UFC is lacking on superstars. Right. And um, so this fight happens, UFC 202. Of course, we're waiting on uh, Alex Nixon. Um, but talk about UFC, uh, UFC 202, okay? It's going to be a uh, – I, I think it's taking place August 20th. So it's just about 16 days shy. It is, is Nate Diaz. Or, and, and think of this, too. Nate Diaz is going in as an underdog, even though Nate Diaz beat him. So that, that's the that's the thing I can't wrap my brain around. The the Conor McGregor effect goes in so many different ways, where even the people refuse to believe that Nate Diaz won cleanly the last the first time. Uh, with with 16 days shy, is is 
Conor McGregor, I mean, uh, Nate Diaz is going to be ready for this? Can, can he actually pull it off again? What do you think, uh, Adam? And as an honest, you got to be honest, too. You, you, I, I know you love Conor McGregor, but do you think he's really going to be ready for this time? Um, I mean, I think Nate Diaz could win this fight. You know, obviously an honest approach. It's very possible for Nate Diaz to win this fight. Um, but I also think it's, there's more ways for Conor to win this fight. I mean, Connor has a kind of style that he can, if he wanted to, he won't. But if he wanted to, he could he could Carlos Conduit Nate Diaz the same way Conduit Conduit uh, fucking fought Nick Diaz. If he wanted to, he has that kind of style where he can move around, leg kick, body kick, and not get into that boxing range too much, and you know do what he has to do. But you know he's gonna go in there, he's gonna brawl, he's gonna try to knock this dude out. That worries me as a fan, and I think it, it, it's definitely winnable for either side. Um, you know, Nate Diaz having that long camp is going to help him, especially in the later rounds. But Nate Diaz trains the same thing all the time forever. So I don't know if he's going to come in any different. He's still going to fight like Nate Diaz fights, right, because he always fights the same. Um, but I think Connor will benefit more because he's training for a lengthy, you know, tall southpaw. And he's going to be a little bit better prepared for that. Yeah. And, and so many different fights that come on the card. But uh, before we talk about the other fights on the card, John, uh, with, with, uh, with 16 days away from the biggest fight arguably in UFC history, UFC uh, 202, is Nate Diaz, can he pull it off the second time? Bottom line, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely he could pull it off the second time. Um, he, I, there shouldn't have been any doubt he could pull it off the first time. It's just... The majority of the fans were really pulling for Connor. Um, as to why Connor's a favorite, you know, was pretty much dominating the majority of the fight. There's no doubt about it. Nate Diaz won. I mean, there's, you can't dispute that whatsoever. He clearly won. But eight minutes of the, of the, the nine-minute fight or the seven minutes of the eight-minute fight, Conor McGregor was winning. He was striking him, and he got winded. That's cool. His cardio couldn't keep up with his new muscle. I don't know. Whatever, you know, way you want to view it, he was clearly tired. Now, what if fixed that cardio issue for this fight and he's capable of doing what he did for a round and a half, for three rounds, four rounds? That's Connor's clear way of winning the fight. He's shown he's a better striker. And the longer camp could play against me. I mean, I, I read somewhere that he's walking around at 200 pounds. That's a legit, you know, welterweight. He has to make a legit cut now. That could affect him. You know, maybe he put on too much muscle. Maybe he has that whole new muscle effect where, you know, his body's not adjusted to it yet. There's, there's some factors that play against, you know, Nate with this whole full camp aspect. But, you know, again, Nate is more than capable of winning this fight, but I, I got to go with Connor taking the rematch. And I have to go with Nate Diaz. And um, with with I think I'm not just excited about Nate Diaz versus Connor McGregor, but I think I'm just as equally excited about uh, Anthony Wait, Johnson on, versus... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told us to give an honest, detailed explanation, and you were just like, well, I'm going with Nate Diaz because Stockton. <laughs> well, so, what's, come on, give us your, give us your reasoning. I, I want to hear it. You want my reasoning? You want, like, my, my honest critique on it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Why, why not? We gave ours. You know, we, I'm sure not only do we want to hear it, but the people <sighs> listening want to hear it. You're not just asking questions. Let's, let's hear some of your thoughts. But it goes back to what I've been saying forever. Like, Conor McGregor, 
he's he's a good fighter. He's a very very good fighter. I I think fighters, the people he have fought, he has fought, Connor is so unbelievably confident in himself, and it's just like a peacock. A peacock's main defense is sticking up those feathers, and you know it wards off all types of attackers just based on sticking up those uh, those peacock those peacock feathers. I mean, Conor McGregor is kind of the same way. I mean, he's not a perfect fighter because there is no perfect fighter in mixed martial arts. There's nobody that's perfect. Conor McGregor is significantly flawed in a variety of different ways. Um, and and Conor too, he got pressed. You know, Nate Diaz pressed him, put the pressure on him, did not get bullied by him, did not break, did not wither. And Conor McGregor, just like anybody that had a lot of hype behind them and a, the company behind them, like look at all the champions of past that had the entire company behind them, the confidence, the, the huge spotlight on them. Look, same thing happened with Conor. He found someone he couldn't bully. Nate Diaz didn't put up with any of his shit. And, Nate, and it wasn't Nate Diaz that broke. It was Conor McGregor. And you got to figure, too, Nate Diaz took his best Sunday punch multiple times. And Nate Diaz still came out and still beat him. So I don't see what Conor can do differently to fight Nate Diaz. So like, what possibly and, – and, and now I'll throw it back at you guys. What possibly could Conor McGregor do differently to win this fight? He's not going to change his style. He has to change his style in the past few fights. He's, he's very light-footed. He's very uh, light on his feet. He's a very fast attacker. He goes in and out of the pocket. And, you know, what, 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 what else is he going to show us? Like, what else is he going to do? Honestly, what else can he do? I mean, does he really need to change all that much? He, he showed that his style was strong enough to, to outland him. He showed his style was capable of playing around in his guard briefly. I mean, they, they did hit the mat towards the end of the first round. He showed that, you know, he's capable of hitting and kicking him and landing combos. What does he really need to change outside of maybe his cardio? I mean, maybe the whole – I think maybe the fight being at 170 hurt Connor because he, he was out there. He was clean on muscle. And, again, I, I got to believe the muscle was, was a factor in his cardio issue. You've got that new muscle. You, you need more oxygen to feed the muscle. That's going to sass you. And he came in there, bulked up, didn't worry about a cut, and he clearly got winded by the second round. We've seen him go three rounds at featherweight, a weight class where he kills himself to make, and managed to outgrapple Max Holloway and still look like he had two more rounds in him. So we know cardio isn't typically an issue for McGregor, but it was in this fight. There has to be a reason why. And it looked like he punched himself out. How could he punch himself out? How how is the how is the argument that Nate Diaz because Nate Diaz was on a boat drinking with his buddies, you know? When we yeah. found out that he was going to take this fight, he was literally on vacation. Conor McGregor, yeah, but fight he, he, even so, him. even if he was on vacation, we all know the Diaz bros aren't the type of fight. They're not Johnny Hendricks of the world, you know. They don't get fat on their off time. He might have been sipping on some tequila, but. We, we all know he was probably ran a marathon the day before or something along those lines. He swam Alcatraz with his brother. They're, they are cardio freaks regardless of their off time. Just because, you know, he might have got the phone call while he was on a yacht partying doesn't mean he wasn't in some sort of, you know, athletic condition. Yeah, he trains constantly, but every, every fighter still stays in prime form. He wasn't in a fight camp, though. He wasn't training for Dos Anjos. You know, Conor McGregor was training for Dos Anjos. So I, I don't get how the excuse is 
that Conor McGregor – see, this is the thing. This is what I'm going back to what I'm originally saying. The hype train behind Conor McGregor is so strong that people refuse to believe that Conor McGregor got beat by a better opponent, by a better fighter. Oh, but, but let, me, let me ask you this. How come – why didn't Nate Diaz win the majority of the fight? Why didn't he take over until Conor was winded? Like, let's say Nate, Conor yes. managed to, to keep his cardio up. You, I, don't, I don't believe Nate was going to take over. It was only until Conor started slowing down, until he only relied on haymakers. Watch the beginning of the fight. Watch the first round. He was doing combos. He was doing, he was doing John Jones kick. To the to the to the knee, he's mixing it all up. Then second round comes, still winning, but he's starting to rely on the left hand now. He's only looking for an uppercut. He he abandoned the combinations. It's and then that's when Nate took over. That's when Nate started to to throw the Stockton slap and his one twos. Wasn't until after uh, Connor began began to to slow down. The fight wasn't completely even, Adam. Do you, you do you think do you agree with John or do you, do you you're an honest fan? Like, do you really think that Conor McGregor was dominating the entire fight? I mean, it's not even. I don't think that there's a question there. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! Quick. But watch the fight. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like I, I, it's weird to me that you're calling us biased when if you watch the fight, Conor McGregor was dominating. <laughs> At what point? Did Conor McGregor start losing the fight besides 20 seconds before he lost the fight or 30 seconds before he lost the fight? It was dead even. It was a dead even fight. It was even? Are you kidding me? Dude, come it on. It was a dead, dead no, even. No, there's no way that you're telling me that fight was even. You can't, nope. even, you can't even be serious. I'm, I'm, Adam, I'm definitely serious. He, he no, landed more he, clean shots and he got more damage. But, like, Diaz has his face. He looked like he fought five rounds in the second round. He was, like, destroyed. Uh, he, he, he got cut. He got cut. <laughs> oh, so he wait, got wait, cut. So what, he got lumped was the up. First, was the first round competitive? Or did Connor clearly win it, in, in your opinion, David? The, the first round was super competitive. Oh, they my were trading both. What are you talking yo, about? They were trading blows your entire fight. Yo, you're insane, bro. There's no way the first round was competitive. He literally oh, got destroyed. Bro, if you can even hear the commentary, Joe Rogan is like, oh, my God, Conor McGregor looks like a world beater right now. And you know Joe Rogan is not that sold on Conor McGregor. There's yeah, no way a, you're going to tell us. Yes, man. You're gonna, there's no way you're going to tell us that first round was competitive, dude. Like, now you're being, like, the super biased fucking weirdo right now. <laughs> I will admit that I think that Nate Diaz could win this fight, and I think it's a very winnable fight for him, and I do not think that he's a terrible fighter, but you cannot sit here and say that that first round was competitive. That's just rude. The first round was, the first round was extremely competitive. Oh, my God, you're crazy. The first round was so competitive. And, okay, so let's agree to disagree, though. Like, the, the, if, we can, if we can concentrate on that, okay, if we can somehow come to an agreement here, the whole excuse that Conor McGregor got zapped or cardio conditioning, can we just throw that out of the window, though? Because Conor McGregor was in training in a fight camp rather than Nate Diaz, who was on a boat drinking with his buddies. Nate, yeah, yeah. That, that could even happen in the Dosanios fight for all we knew. Again, maybe putting all on all like you could see the significant difference between, you know, featherweight Connor and, and light heavyweight I mean lightweight welterweight Connor. He put on a crazy amount of muscle. Is that true Wait, John, John, John. John, I'm gonna have to cut you off for two seconds because we have our guest 
of the evening, fresh off his UFC Fight Night 91 victory by KO in the very first round. Let's jump, boys and girls. It is Alex the Spartan Nicholson. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm sorry I called in late. I'm here. Uh, I'm actually at the UFC gym with my brother, who's making his UFC debut at uh, Conor McGregor Diaz 202. We just got done oh. training right here, so uh, we got a little carried away wow. punching each other in the face. So it's, uh, <laughs> oh, it's uh, me, Alex Spartan Nicholson, and uh, Platinum Mike Perry here. So, what up, everybody? Wow. What's hey, on, what's going man? on? Yeah, how you guys doing tonight? Very doing good, great, man. Very good. I figured so, uh, he's uh, right here. I might as well just let the world know he's here, too. You guys get two for one. Special. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Like the Korean restaurant. How are you guys doing? <laughs> How are you guys all doing tonight? Doing awesome. How you doing, brother? Great, great. All right. So, um, by the way, so, of course, your buddy, you guys are trained very, very hard for UFC uh, 202. Uh, obviously, he's debuting. He's big, big debut. He's trained with the right, right people because – Alex, you know the Octagon better than anybody on the planet. You're coming off a huge, huge victory, and your career has been so amazing. You're only 26 years old, and you've accomplished so much. Two fights in the Amis, you go right into the pro career. Uh, you get two fights in the UFC. The last fight, amazing. That TKO came out of freaking nowhere, man. Can, can you just put into words how it felt getting in there, getting your first win, and getting that first knockout in the UFC cage? It felt great, man, but, uh, I mean, honestly, not to sound too cocky, it's what I expect from myself, man. I didn't see myself losing that first one, but my body wasn't healthy. I went in there healthy, and, uh, you know, I tried to stay real technical after that first loss, and then uh, I heard that 10-second bell, and I was like, let me put some pressure on them. I put the pressure on them, and it just overwhelmed them, and I walked away uh, with my hand raised. Very cool, very cool. And so – now that you're coming off your, your, your very first win, and, of course, getting, getting – the UFC jitters happen, so understandable for your, for your first UFC fight. But your second fight, you came out with a bang. You beat them in the first round. So what is the next thing for you? Like, what was the end game goal for you, or what is the next step in the, the progression of your career? Because, obviously, you have big plans. That's, that's for damn sure. I mean, obviously, you, you, you proposed to your girlfriend on national television on the way in. I mean, that's amazing, man, but – Besides that, big plans. What else is next for you? Uh, knock down whoever they put in front of me one at a time and, and slowly take over the 185-pound division. And, uh, I mean, my, my, my plan in my head is, you know, by the time I'm 30 to have defended the 185-pound belt a few times and move up and just go ahead and take over the 205 division and uh, slowly, you know, be the first person ever to win 85, 205, and heavyweight because, you know, that's how I started my pro career. And, you know, that's, you know, that's a long shot. That's saying a lot, but that's what I see myself doing, man. I feel like I'm not like any of these other guys, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a super athlete. Uh, I, I train hard. I live, I live this life, man. I, I love it. I don't, I don't mind, you know, having a fight and if I'm healthy getting back in there next week, man. I just, I want to be remembered, man, uh, for, for what I, doing what I love. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I wish the best for everybody. My team, you know, my brother, my fiance, we're, we're all going to do this, man. We're all, we're going to be the first group of people to come in from the same area together and, and take over the sport, man. I, I really, I visualize it and I see it happening. Hell yeah, man. Hey, John, you have questions for, uh, for Alex? Yeah, man. Um, thank you for, for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. No, no problem, man. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, both. So I, I was rewatching your, your debut and 
during during um the I believe the first or second round, Brian Sand made a comment. I believe about I, I believe it was Brian Sand about how uh but before you made it into the UFC, you you had your jaw broken, it was wired shut, and you tore the wa- the wires off to take a short notice fight. I'm just curious, is it, what's the story behind all that? Yeah, man, the first time I broke my jaw, um, I got a call for a potential boxing match. I knew I was healthy, so uh, I cut the wires off a little bit early and uh, took that boxing match. I actually won that boxing match with the first round knockout. The only reason I really did that, too, is at that time, uh, me and my fiance, we, we needed the money, man, to uh, pay rent and put food on the table, man, so I went and did my part as a man, you know, she was holding it down, bartending when I was all hurt. And I just, you know, you know how it is, man. If you're not providing, holding up your end of the deal, you, you don't you don't feel right, you know, yeah, uh, as a couple. It's, it's a group effort. So, you know, she didn't want me to. My family didn't want me to. But uh, I went ahead and, and, and I did it. And uh, they all came. They supported it. They, they didn't like it. But, uh, you know, I didn't get touched much, and I knocked them out, and I walked away with the money that I needed. So that uh, I got the job done. That's the story behind that. You know, I don't advise it for anybody. It's definitely not a smart thing to do. <laughs> to go against uh, medical science, but uh, I did, and it worked out good for me that time. So, obviously, it caught up with me a little bit later. So, uh, it is what it is, man. You know, a uh, guy capitalized on what he knew uh, was was weak, and that's uh, it's a good thing to do, you know. It's good for him. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. Um, did you believe it played a factor into your, your debut? I mean, it sounded like something popped. It was kind of horrifying, and... Uh, you know, it's what it is, man. He squeezed and it broke. And, and it, it was definitely a little worse than the first time because it was a squeezing instead of like a, a punch where it just broke at once. He squeezed. And I knew if he continued to squeeze that uh, the jaw would have continued to like crumble. But um, I knew it was a possibility going out there, man. And, um, you know, obviously I would have rather it went a different way, but it, it is what it is. And uh, it made me stronger. Obviously, I got back in there and I learned uh, learned my lesson as a as a young fighter not to go in there not being healthy. You know, we're never going to be a hundred percent, but we got to go in there healthy. Oh yeah, Absolutely. I don't know. Well, you, you've shown you're tough as fuck, man. I mean, congrats on your victory, by the way, too. Thank you, guys. I pre- I really appreciate that, man. And then a lot. Hey, Adam. You know, it's a long time uh, coming, man. There's nothing better than. You know, you're not really an officially a UFC fighter until you get that win in the octagon. Yeah. And you got an spectacular yeah. action. Very cool. So, so uh, I have to ask you one question. Okay, so in your personal opinion, what was more nerve-wracking for you? Uh, the, the first time you fought in the UFC or proposing to your girlfriend at the weigh-ins? And what was going through your mind? Like, how did you plan that out? Because I showed my girlfriend. She was absolutely inspired by that. She thought that was the coolest thing ever, so... Uh, how do you plan that out, man? Well, man, you see, uh, it's it's both of our passions, really fighting. You know, it's not our whole lives, but it's a big part of our lives. And I got that phone call, and I had already picked out the ring. Um, after that first fight, when I broke my jaw, I, I I bought the ring, but I didn't want to propose with my mouth wired shut. You know, I wanted to take her out to a nice dinner and everything. And I got the call, and the second I got the call, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew when I wanted to do it. And it, I was definitely more nervous for Pose, man. You could tell, like, she was asking me what was wrong when we were back there about the walkout to the weigh-in, and I was like, oh, you know, it's the UFC. I, 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 kept, I kept feeling the ring in my pocket just to make sure it didn't disappear. And uh, 
Man, I don't know. It was funny because, you know, I'm standing there. I'm like, oh, oh, shit, there's uh, Brian Stan. There's Forrest Griffin. There's everybody else. And I'm, like, just looking <laughs> at her like, I'm looking at her like she's the craziest celebrity there. And I'm like, you know, to me, she obviously is. But I was just like, wow, uh, I'm about to do this. And if you look, if you watch the video, when I shoot to the knee, it's almost like I shoot a double leg at her. Like, I did it so fast and out of nowhere. Uh, you could definitely tell I was a little nervous, by the way, I tried to be fast and uh i didn't ask anybody if it was okay for me to do it so i didn't really know if i was going to get in trouble but i didn't yeah at that point i didn't really care i was like you know what i'm going to do this it's uh my time they put the spotlight on me i'm going to take it yeah and what's what's super cool about that is you you took out the wires out of your jaw just to take a short nose fight to support her and support you guys and you got you finally made it to the big stage and you proposed to her when you made it to that stage. So that's really awe inspiring, man. That's that's some good stuff. And obviously you're well, training I mean, with your buddy. Yeah? I mean she's you know, she's the type of girl she has to take care of herself and stuff, man, but at, like I said, I had to I had to go and get that money just to hold up my end of the deal. But uh you know, it's definitely you know, I, I care about the people I love, man. I do anything for any of them, so it's uh, just just part of who I am, you know. Absolutely, and we're gonna ask you one final question. I know you're you're training hard with your buddy, um, getting prepared for this. Actually, uh, he actually got dropped right now. Um, John, are you still there? Yeah. Okay, so uh, Alex just got dropped, um, and Adam got dropped too. But uh, nevertheless, if he, if he doesn't call back, that was Alex. Really crazy stuff, man. That's some cool ass shit. I mean. I didn't even know that. How, how do you find that out? Um, find what out? The the it, job? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it, it was a it was a brief comment um, Brian Stanley made during his his Alex's debut. Um, he was just giving like there there was a lull in action. He gave a little a little fun fact on the fighter, and that just stuck with me. And then especially how the fight ended, where he he uh, Misha, I believe the guy's name is got that neck crack, yeah. and you hear a, a pop. I'm like, oh, shit, maybe that has to do with the whole jaw incident he had prior to, to joining the UFC. Hey, 727, you're on the air. Hey, guys, I wanted to say hello to Alex uh, Nicholson. Is he available, or is, did, did everybody seem to just disappear there for a second? Oh, everyone everyone just disappeared. Let's see if we can get him back. Hold on one second. Um, By the way, big, big fan, of course, Huge things coming up. You're helping your buddy uh, train. Can you give a shout-out, or can you tell us where we can see uh, his fight in UFC 202? Yeah, Mike Perry, man, he's fighting. Uh, we don't even know his name. It's like uh, Hung, Hung Young Chung. So he's uh, fighting a 13-5 guy from Korea who, you know, also a very talented athlete. I'm sure he's in the USC, but we can't pronounce his name. But Mike's ready for anybody, man. He's a straight savage, 7-0, 7 knockouts. I don't see anybody in that division, man. I see him coming in there and ripping them guys in half. He's used to training with light heavyweights and heavyweights. You know, he walks around oh, yeah, about man. 205 as a, you know, a freaking welterweight, which is, he's a monster. Oh, yeah. Will you hey, John. cornering him? What's going on? I said, uh, will you be cornering him for the, for the fight? We're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my father and our manager uh, will also be in his corner. Very cool. Hey, Alex, uh, by the way, any shout-outs to, sponsor, shout, shout to sponsors? Anybody you want to shout-out before, uh, before we let you go? 
that, man, uh, USC Gym Winter Springs always supporting me, uh, my family, all my friends, my hometown of Popka, man, and, you know, the good Lord for blessing us with air in our lungs every morning, man. It's uh, nothing better than doing what you love in life, man, and uh, I've been real blessed. And, you know, just everybody who supports me, man, I really appreciate everybody. Um, that's about it, man. I, I wish wish everybody well, man, and I, I hope everybody, you know, you really can't. Me and my brother, we, we try to strive to show people, man, you can do anything. We both said we'll be in the UFC within five years, and here we are. You know, it's, uh, it's nothing. Nothing, man. Oh, yeah, man. And all your I fans aside, you hell yeah, man. And your fans, all your fans consider that dork that called in and your career that's already already flourishing. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. We're always rooting for you, brother. And thank you so much for coming on and talking to us and dropping some knowledge. Thank you so much, man. No doubt, guys, man. Give me a call anytime. Thank you guys for having me. Hell yeah, Alex. Thank, thank you, you so much. Wow. Awesome. Awesome fucking interview, man. I don't know. You know what time it is, my friend? Is it trivia time? Oh, you fucking know it. Let's go, trivia! So, was so I the only one who didn't know it was trivia night today? Is this a fucking setup? No, it is not. But guess what, guys? We have five rousing questions. And it's going to be a rematch from two weeks ago. Adam versus John. Adam, are you ready? Yeah. John, the defending champion of the world. Are you ready? Always. Okay, guys, if you don't know how trivia works, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to explain to you. I'm going to ask you five nerd questions. If you're playing at home, don't call in because I hate you. Just kidding. But if you want to play at home, write down the answers, play with a friend, play with your girlfriend, probably not because she's not a dork like you. Just kidding. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for... Question number one. There it is. Okay, question number one. Adam, are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Was that a legit dramatic pause? (laughs) Hey, John, are you ready? I'm also ready. I'm ready, motherfucker. Let's go. Okay, so it's now time. Four in my trivia voice, the voice I use to steal your girl. Question number one. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is now question number one. What year did Joe Rogan start with the UFC? I have no fucking idea. 2003? No, that is. No. You guys are throwing up. No. John, what is your answer? 1987. All right, all right. Real answer, um, 2004. No. Adam. Wait, wait, last one. Oh, oh, I I got the real, real answer. 2002. No. John. 1997. Yes. The fastest hands in all of Google history, John, <laughs> with the correct answer. John, congratulations on getting question number one. Adam. Yes. Pay attention to question number two, because it's coming 
right now. Question number two. Oh, yeah, time for question number... Yes, I dropped Adam. Fuck. I'm off my ball today. Do I win by default? No, you shit. You do not win by default. We wait yeah, for Adam to come way, back. I, I don't appreciate this Google allegations, man. I'm just ripping oh. this from the top of my head. <laughs> no, no, no. I swear, I'm a, I'm a clean contestant. No PED Are you sure? We need, uh, we need to test you for uh, uh, Google gin blockers or uh, check your browser history tomorrow and see if... You stay, you stay the <laughs> fuck away from my browser history. I don't know, man. We're trying to get Adam back on the phone as I disconnected his line by accident. Oh, you disconnected him? He didn't even lose service? Oh, he didn't lose service. I actually I hit the X button. Right when I try to hit the number question number two, and god Ooh. damn it. Ooh. Unbelievable. Adam, I am so sorry, sir. You, did you disconnect me? No, <laughs> no, I swear to god. You totally disconnected me, bro. That was the for getting the question wrong. Adam, I couldn't disconnect you, because now it's time for question number two. <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to do this. I'm going to ask John first, and then I'm going to ask Adam. And you guys will have 10 seconds to answer the question correctly. Okay, question number two. Brock had tummy issues that had him withdraw from the UFC, and it introduced the interim heavyweight championship. Who was the guy who would later win the interim title, only to lose to Brock when he had his return fight back? I should be Shane Carwin. Oh, John with the right answer. You think I'm out here messing? I'm trying to win this shit again. Undisputed ah. champion. Bro, why do you get to answer first on the easiest question? <laughs> Adam, why are you pretending you were going to get that one right? I knew that one. That's why I immediately said, fuck you. <laughs> Mother, you were probably going to say fucking Demetrius Johnson or some shit. I was going to be like, Frank Mir. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, stop queefing, because guys, guess what? It's time for question number three. Oh, yeah, time for question number three. Adam, you're going to get to answer this first, okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, are you ready for question number three? Yep. All right, don't be sad. Come on, don't be, don't be a buzz killing ten, okay? Question number three no, is ready. right now. Okay, here we go. There was a huge female MMA star before Ronda Rousey, who was the first MMA women's champion to go mainstream to later retire from her MMA career to launch a successful movie career. Who is the name of that swell lady? Is it Gina Carano? Oh! That that was a real brain buster. Yeah, John, shut the fuck up. You know what? You were the one that busted my balls last week for having two hard questions, so I try to ease yeah, up on you. Can, can you get any easier? I don't know. Just ask John's girl, ex-girlfriend. <laughs> hey. Just kidding. John, don't kill me. Let's see what happens tomorrow. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't get mad at it. Listen, listen, guys, let's let's all calm down. Obviously, the show's at a fever pitch. But, guys, guess what? Time for question number four. question four. All right. Um, should we let John answer this so he doesn't beat the fuck out of me, or should we let Adam answer this first? Hmm. No, let Adam answer it so, you know, there's a potential for a tie leading up to the fifth question. Oh, dude. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. And John, if you spare my life tomorrow, I'd really, really appreciate that. I said X, not current girlfriend, who's a very, very nice lady, by the way. We'll see what happens tomorrow. All right. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. All right, Adam. So we're going to go to question number four. In November 2013, Rashad Evans knocked out the spider in the first round into retirement. Who is the name of this extremely popular fighter? Can you ask the question one more time? Okay. So in November 2013, Rashad Evans knocked the spider out in the first round and into retirement. Who is the name of this extremely popular fighter? Chuck Liddell? No. John. Uh, I, I just threw it um, Cal Furman. Yeah! Who? Talking That's about Chael, the American gangster. What? Come on, man. Rashad did not chuckle Dell out into retirement. We all know Rich Franklin did that. Oh, yeah. Oh. I forgot about the Rich Franklin fight. That should have never happened. <laughs> <laughs> this show has gone to a very dark place and probably the worst ever. But we have some good news, guys. Johnny, ready for the good news? I'm listening. But, Adam, more importantly, are you ready for the good news? Yeah, I'm psyched for the good news. Okay, the good news is it's time for question five. Let's make a baby five. Oh, yeah, make a baby five. Okay. So, Adam. (laughs) Wait, you didn't listen to the song lyrics? I don't don't get it. (laughs) Anyways, go on. (laughs) Okay, go. This is going to be for a loop, B. Okay, so the lyrics are Let's make a baby five Like, this is a sexy question Like Let's make a baby five It's nice, right? Yeah, but why is it Whatever, yeah, let's go (laughs) Okay (laughs) Just fucking ask us the question this question first because you're down on points and uh, down two really points. yeah you're you're really down John do you want to make this thing interesting and uh, bet that Adam cannot answer this correctly make this game my interesting only, my, my only issue is that the question has have been so easy lately so it's like it's not a good gamble okay so why not we'll do this for fun Adam question number five what pro wrestler and guys, remember to play this at home. What pro wrestler never fought in MMA? I'm going to name some names, Adam, and think which one never fought in MMA. And again, you have 10 seconds to answer this one, okay? I'm going to name some names. Bam Bam Bigelow, Takamichi Noku, Shinsuke Nakamura, Animal, Nobuhiko Takata, Batista, Ronnie Mack, Alberto De Rio, Kid Cash. Who is the wrestler who never fought in MMA? 
Wow, you named a lot of wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying all of them except for one fought in MMA. John, what is... Wait, that was a question. I'm okay, yeah. <laughs> what is the pro wrestler? Is tr- Are you trying to Google it, Adam? Are you trying to Google no, on me, no. son? My question is this. Is the question that only one of them did not fight in MMA? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, what pro wrestler? One of them. What pro wrestler never fought in MMA? So, it's going to be one of them. Bam Bam Bigelow, Takamichi Noku, Shinsuke Nakamura, Animal, Nobuhiko Takata, Batista, Ronnie Mack, Alberto De Rio, Kid Cash, Adam. I don't even know some of these wrestlers. I, <laughs> I'm going to go all with, WWE. I'm going to go with fucking Kid Cash. I'm sorry, Adam, that is incorrect. Kid Cash actually fought one fight, and uh, John, we eliminated one. Uh, I'm going to go with Animal. Wow, there it is. Slave Jumpin. Who the fuck is Animal? <laughs> Wait, Adam, I believe, I believe you had a question for me. Adam's question. Let's make a Adam, what was your question for me? Well, who the fuck? Is, wait, are you talking about Hawk and Animal, the tag team? Yeah. Talk- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. All right. <laughs> that was a that was a that was a loopy question. Um, question. So David Potter, okay. I, I was gonna go with Kid Cash too, man. Thank you for going first. Yeah, Kid Cash sounds like a pussy ass motherfucker. Boy, you um, out looking like Kid Rock. Back at ECW. <laughs> yeah, remember him? Adam, you're the pro wrestling guy. You should remember this. I don't remember him, honestly. I have very selective memory. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so that means he's plain. So, gotcha. True. Vanilla. David Potter doesn't know who Future is. Now, Future is a rapper that has a bunch of hit songs, especially you live in the New York City area, you've been to a bar or a club or something, or on the radio you've heard a song, David Potter has no idea that this person even exists. Can you elaborate to us how, how that happens? Like, what are, you, what are you listening to, Mariah Carey? Like, what, what's going on here? All right, so um, right now as you're speaking, and by the way, guys, the, the pre-show, when we, when, we, when we talk before we go on air, the pre-show's even more hilarious than when we actually fucking get on the air. So these guys brought up the fact that I don't know Future. And I don't know what the fuck, like, so he's talking about Future in the chat room, and I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. I don't know who Future is. He's apparently a rapper. I thought he was a pop singer, like, like a Justin Bieber, you know, like, maybe part of the Backstreet Boys. He was like a member of 98 Degrees at one point in time. I don't know this shit. So, um, yeah, I have no idea who uh, Future is. I have absolutely no idea. I've never heard of him. Um, I looked up future musician, and it came up to Back to the Future, the musical. So obviously Google doesn't even know who future is. So what? How is, here's, here's a question. Here's a question. How is future relevant to our lives? That's, that's, a, that's an even better question. How is he relevant? How is he not relevant? Yeah. Okay. Here, John, here's <laughs> a better question. If Tupac was fucking alive, would Future be working in, 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 in music right now? How about that? Here's a, there's an even better question. 
they did have a collab album coming out right now. Oh, I don't know about that. I think uh, I think Future is another nameless rapper who appears on the radio, and I'm supposed to know this guy, but I have no idea because I'm stuck in my little white bubble, and I don't know these guys, and I don't know these rappers. So, like, you know, again. Hold on. Future has dropped, like, eight albums in the last two years, so he's not just the one-hit wonder. He dropped all four. He actually dropped four. I'm on Google right now, so... You're at, you can't mock oh, me now, so, my so, so Google does no, know it was four, It was four albums and, like, four mixtapes, like, legit, in, like, a year. Bangers. Yeah, it, they were it, all fireflame spitters. Is, is, he, <laughs> <laughs> is he really that good, though? Can we, can we listen to a future song? Would you guys want me? All right, all right so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expose myself to future. Pick a song, Adam. Pick, I'm going to play a snippet. I pay. I play uh, five fucking seconds. Pick a song. Play, play. I got the keys, which is Future and Jay Z that just came out. Okay, I got the keys. All right, so I'm gonna give my honest critique because Adam says it's good, so obviously it can be good, but you know he's been wrong a couple of times about who's good and not, like Conor McGregor. So I will play ooh. a five second. Ooh. Shots fired. Yeah, that, was, that was unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play. I'll play Adam. I'll play a five second snippet of. Uh, does it have DJ Kali in it? I know DJ Kali. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It has DJ Kali on it, like the great Kali. Wait, the great Kali. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me play this shit. You guys hear it? Yeah, but you gotta you gotta like play it, play it. Alright, alright. So this is I got the keys with DJ the Great Kali, J D and Future. I've got the keys. Okay, let's 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 give this a whirl, shall we? I'm gonna play it on my old record player here. Gotta dust that Okay, here we go. Okay. He's got to put on his jewelry for this one. Let's give him a second. Hold on. Okay, let's continue. What, what, Adam, what the fuck is this? It hasn't started yet. Yeah, let it rock. Alright, alright, alright. Okay, we're going to continue. Let's get to the chorus, shall we? Okay, here we go. I don't know why this uh, the song is apparently so cool with the, the, the youths. But uh, let's give this another world, shall we? Well, I don't like the M word, guys. I don't like the M word. Can we uh, fast forward a little bit? Hold on. <clears throat> you don't like Jay-Z? Okay. No, no, I don't like the N word. He's saying the N word awful lot, and he's saying about keys to something. What keys does he have? John, does he have the keys to my heart? Does he have what? What keys is he talking about, Heather? The keys we're to his apartment. About, we're talking about the keys to success, man. The keys to a treasure chest underneath the ocean, maybe. No. Uh, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. 
Okay. All, All right. right. Let's I, I feel like this this bit is running a little too long. What 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 do we gotta talk about next? All right. So I, I, he's not getting future Adam. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah I, right. I, Adam, I I don't understand what he's saying though. You know, like I, my little white ears aren't prone to this type of shit. You know, but I like rap music. I just never heard of future. I apologize, Adam. No, you don't have to apologize to me. You apologize to the people you offended that listen to this podcast. Yeah. How, how do I offend them? You know how you offended them. First you kicked Max I, off the show, and now you don't know who Future is. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. What, what, what are we talking about here? Come on, Adam. Elaborate. I, I'm not, I don't want to get into this. Maybe we'll talk about this at work tomorrow, but I noticed Max is in here, and you don't know who Future is, and I think there's a correlation there. We're not talking about the same Max. We're not talking about the same Max, the MMA genius with a 500-foot penis. We're not talking about Max. We're talking about that, Max? Yeah, of course. One and the same. Actually, Max had prior obligations and could not make the show this evening, Adam. Yeah, because you fired him. All right, moving on, guys. <laughs> moving on. So uh, before before uh, Adam assaulted me to death and uh, busted my balls, uh, we're talking about UFC 202. Glover to uh, Glover Teixeira versus um, the the great great fighter of Anthony Rumble Johnson. And with John Jones out of the loop and out of the game for a while, uh, how do you see this playing out? The the whole light heavyweight situation is kind of like in a loopy loop. And is it going to be taken back, whereas Johnson versus Cormier, too? Is it even relevant at this point? Is the light heavyweight division a complete flux right now? Adam, I'm going to let you kick this one off. It, what, what do you, how do you see this playing off, and how do you see the future of the light heavyweight division? Because I was really interested in what you had to say about this topic. You want me to kick this off? I want, to kick the, I want you to kick this shit off. Well, Glover Teixeira versus Anthony Rumble Johnson, winner fights uh, Danny Cormier, Blah blah blah. Do, do people sh- should people care? John Jones is completely out of the game for a very very long time. Like, how do you see this playing out? Is Robin, is Daniel Calvin, whoever he defends the title to? Like, Adam, how do you see this playing out? Um, first off, I don't think that Anthony Johnson has to show me something for me to feel like he could beat DC because that last fight. It was pretty easy. I mean, the way he lost to to um, to DC was kind of uh, I don't know. It looked like he, he he shouldn't have been in that fight. You know, it was like once he got on the ground, it almost to me it looked like he just gave up. As soon as he got taken down, he was just like, "All right, this is it. <laughs> I'm okay with this, and this is just how it's going to go down." So I don't. I think Anthony Johnson is a good fighter. I don't think that he's great. I think that his knockout power is just so immense that he is going to beat the better fighter if you try to stand and bang with him. He's going to beat you because he just need, he literally just needs one punch. Like, I don't know if there's any other fighter in any other division that literally only needs one punch. Like, he is probably the king of the fucking, you know, heavy-handed dudes that fight, period. So... <laughs> I don't know. How to, I don't even know how to explain it, man. Like, cause we saw him hit DC once, not even cleanly, and DC fell back and like did a fucking roll, 
and it was just insane. So I personally don't think he's a he's a great fighter. I think he just has incredible, incredible superhuman power almost. Um, but I think if he if he's probably gonna beat Glover Texier. Um so if he beats Glover Texier, I think D C beats him again and I think D C beats Glover Texier as well. So I think D C is gonna be the champ for a little while. Yeah. And um if 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 Glover can pull out the win somehow, I like I like the, the, the thought of a Glover Teixeira versus Daniel Cormier fight, because Styles make fights. And uh John, what, what do you think about how this is gonna play out? Um yeah, man, I, th- I think it's going to be a fun fight, you know, like just even if we don't think about title implications or anything at all like that, just seeing Rumble versus Glover should be pretty fun. Two guys with, with power in their hands. They're both like reverse wrestlers. Um, honestly, I got Johnson pulling the, the victory. Maybe knocking him out. I mean, we have seen uh, Glover hurt when he, he fought Fabio Maldonado. Uh, he got rocked. And Maldonado is not like a one-hit or not, not like Anthony Johnson. So I feel like that that's going to be a little telling there, and he, Anthony might be able to get the the KO finish. But with that said, I don't see Rumble beating DC in the rematch if it happens. I feel like, yeah. like Adam said, Adam Adam pointed out he he looked like he quit at one point. It looked like he was broken, and that's been something Rumble's been kind of known to to have. Like he breaks occasionally. If, if things don't go his way, don't break. He, like, he doesn't react well. And uh, we've seen DC's capable of doing it, and I think he'd do it again. Well, I, I, like, break? I, I don't see... I don't see... He's very inconsistent. And uh, Rumble, when he puts on banger performances, he puts on incredible performances that just knocks your socks off, and completely says he's the top guy. He's the next guy. Uh, I think it's the same complex that I, I'm convinced that Conor, Conor McGregor has, that he has a, a bully complex, the same thing that plagued a Mike Tyson and the Ronda Rouseys and the Tito Ortiz of the world, where if you, you press him and you put enough pressure on him, because if you, don't, if you don't remember, Anthony Rumble Johnson landed that one huge, huge punch and knocked Daniel Cormier right to the floor. But Daniel Cormier kept coming. And Anthony Rumble Johnson zapped and literally gave up his back, got choked out. I think Anthony Rumble Johnson has the same thing where if you put enough pressure on him, he cracks, he crumbles. He, he literally does not like being bullied. He does not like – that's a position. I don't, see, I don't even see someone being in his guard without him being extremely uncomfortable or someone on top of him without him, like, getting flustered. You know, I, do you see what I'm saying, John? Am I making any sense whatsoever? I mean, I get what you're saying, but with the whole comparison to Khan, I mean, look at look at the Chad Mendes fight. He was pressured and he didn't crack. That was probably, you know, his worst performance. I mean, he still managed. So, you know, I wouldn't really necessarily compare, you know, their personality or their fighter traits. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I got to stick to it. I think Johnson, I don't think he has a bully mentality or anything like that. I just think... Once his game plan doesn't work, there is no plan B, and, and he just falters when there's no plan B. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, so what? this is going to – is is because here's the thing, too. It doesn't even matter who wins at this point. 
Does it even matter who goes on to fight Daniel Cormier? Who who wins that fight? Because at the end of the day, it's still well these all three guys all lost all lost to John Bones Jones except for uh, Anthony Johnson, who also lost to Daniel Cormier. So it's all three guys that are inferior to J- John Jones. Does does the title even have any relevance anymore for the time being, Adam? I mean, I disagree with that, man, because I feel like John Jones is done. John Jones is inferior to all of those guys because all of those guys are clean and, and they're fighting. So, you know, it is what it is. I mean, there's a, there's a big question to be asked now as to whether, you know, John Jones was cycling steroids throughout his career or not, you know, like, or, or cycling at least testosterone or something. I mean, I know that it's jumping the gun to kind of be like, oh, just because he got caught what, you know, doesn't mean he was always doing, but then it's also kind of, you got to be dumb to think that, oh, he only just got caught one. It doesn't mean he was always doing, you know what I mean? So there's that whole question now of how legit is John Jones now when he's getting caught using drugs that are used to cycle off steroids. Um, So like I said, the last time we had the podcast, I think there's no longer reason to talk about John Jones. I'm over talking about John Jones. I think every guy there is, is more legit than John Jones um, because of that. And I don't, I don't see his shadow on that division anymore, honestly. And you, uh, Johnny? I mean, yeah, I do to agree, uh, to a degree. Um, John Jones is gone, and we, we got to move on. We have to accept DC as the, the true undisputed champion. You know, as DC put it, John Jones disqualified himself. That's it. It's game over. He, he's he's failed on multiple occasions now, whether it be PEDs, cocaine, just a terrible driver, whatever you want to call it, he's failed us too many times. We we got to move past John Jones. And I don't think he's done. Whatever suspension he gets, I, I think he'll be back. But as of right now, he's not relevant. He's no longer a fighter. He has to go take care of, you know, his personal life. Um, I think right now DC just needs to cement his legacy. It's just with that, I have to agree with you, Potter. I don't think there's a lot of challengers left. Um, light heavyweight is very top heavy. I mean, who we we can hope Ryan Bader goes on a run, maybe OSP. I mean, these guys aren't really. I don't know. Like we we're not seeing that fresh blood. You know, they they've been around. They're veterans and. You know, DC's old himself, and I, I don't know how much more he has in him. But uh, we, I don't know. The light heavyweight division just needs a, a boost of something. We need have a, a tough light heavyweight division or something along those lines. I don't know. Do you, do you think it needs a shot of steroids with some estrogen blockers too, the, the UFC light heavyweight uh, division? <laughs> I mean, if we're not testing, yes. Yes, yes, of course. You know, oh my God, I, I forgot to bring this up. Adam, you know who I want to see in the UFC? The guy who broke fucking... Uh, cyborg skull, and then threw the pokeball at him afterwards. What? What oh, is that guy's name? Oh my god, yo, him at light heavyweight though. Wow, wouldn't that be fucking radical? I mean, yeah, he's a welterweight, but yeah, that would be fucking crazy. animal. Fucking insane! I guys, if you haven't watched this video, um, John, what's the name of it? And can you describe? Maybe you'll do a better job of describing this uh, this knockout. But this guy from from uh, Bellator. Holy shit. John, did you see that video? 
Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it was it was a spectacular knockout. I mean, that's what Bellator needs, man. They need to start building their stars, and I think they're doing the right thing building uh, MVP Michael Venom Page slowly. He, I mean, Cyborg was his first like name opponent. He's he's been crushing dudes left and right, and that fight knee was perfect. I mean, it just what this kid's a highlight reel, and uh, the whole Pokemon yeah. thing is just great, great marketing on his point. No one knows what Bellator is. No one knew who he was or who he's fighting, but once he did the whole Pokemon Go shit, you know, he was definitely an internet phenomenon. Fucking crazy. Yo, that knockout, and he had a GoFundMe page. Yo, you should see the pictures of this guy's skull. And I wish he was that, like, heavyweight, middleweight, welterweight. Wherever you put this guy, this guy's going to be a rock star. But for all the folks that are listening at home, this guy landed a devastating knee knockout. Put on a little uh, Pokemon hat, threw a Pokeball at his opponent. Crazy knockout. Adam, did you see Did you see uh, Michael Venom Page, or do you think he's going to actually do well in the UFC? Bro, I mean, I've watched um, – I, I first saw, like, a video of his highlights, and then I watched a few of his fights. This guy is beyond what you think he is. Um, you know, he's one of the most what, – what's the correct uh, – he's one of the most accredited kickboxers, taekwondo – you know, whatever exactly his art is, um, he has so much. You know, he, I went on his his, uh, his Wikipedia page, looked him up. He's got gold medals in Beijing. Like this guy is super, super, duper legit. Have you seen no, his fight? No. He's just, he has his hands down. He's just toying with his opponents. Like he's literally looking. You know, let's say you're standing in front of me, and I'm just looking off to the right, and then. I'm throwing, like, fucking crazy accurate kicks without even looking at you. It's just crazy what this guy does. So, you know, whenever he becomes a free agent, that's a hot, hot ticket for the UFC to pick up. And, and, you, and you see he has a personality. You know, he does dumb things. He gets headlines by throwing Pokeball. And he's, he's got a personality. So that's a good thing. Yo, this guy is a fourth-degree Dan in black belt in kickboxing. He's, there you go. He's from – yeah, yeah. And he's welterweight. He fights that middleweight. He comes from the UK. This guy's only 29, so he's a young guy. Same age as John Jones, who we talked about before. 11 wins, zero losses, gold medal, silver medal in Beijing, uh, silver medal in 2009 World uh, KO blah 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 championships, World Championships, Australian Classics, three gold medals, WKA World Championships, a gold medal and a bronze in 2009. Yo, this guy, this guy's a legit standout fighter, and uh, we we I, yo. This, him in the welterweight division or the uh, the middleweight division would be nuts in the UFC. Would be absolutely bonkers. Imagine him fighting. Uh, my only issue is he um, MMA wise. You know, we haven't seen him fight top tier fighters. You know, and I think it's about time we saw him against like a wrestler or a grappler or someone a little higher skill level. I mean, he beat he beat Cyborg Santos who who's He's been around, he's a vet, but he he was, you know, he's not in his prime, you know, and he's always been a middle-of-the-road kind of fighter. He was never, like, a top-tier fighter himself. I think it's time for MVP to get, you know, a boost in competition. Yeah. Maybe uh, fight a – let's get him a boost. Let's uh, let, him, let him fight the Chris Wyman for his first fight. What do you, what do you think about that one? <laughs> you know what? I would like to see him versus Wonderboy. That would be a crazy fight. Ooh, yeah, him versus Wonderboy. And, Adam, you were, you were singing Wonderboy's uh, praises. Do you think Wonderboy uh, would stand a chance against uh, Venom? I mean, it's debatable. 
I feel like they they've probably met each other on that circuit before. You know, they're both kind of in that same kind of circuit, so probably a video out there somewhere of them going at it. But um, it's I don't know, man. Like I agree with John as well. You know, one boy has fought some top tier guys and being the Michael Venom Page still hasn't done that. So we kind of have to see what's up with uh with Michael Venom Page and. You know, can he stop the takedown like like Wonderboy stopped Johnny Hendricks? Like, what is this guy about? Um, but I think if it comes out to pure stand-up, I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it, it just, it, I don't know. But I think he, I think he fights better at welterweight. So I think if he does move over to UFC, we'll, we'll see him at welterweight. I think Wonderboy is going to take that welterweight title. Um, so you never know. I mean, I think a match between them is possible. I know one guy that would love to fight Venom, fucking Michael Bisping, talking so much shit since winning that middleweight championship. And I, do, do you guys, are you guys listening to him on social media? Like, do you believe the, the, the shit he's rattling off? First, he disses Daniel Cormier. He's talking shit about literally everybody and anything that's walking since he won that fucking belt. Like, it, it, Michael Bisping is a character. Do, do we even know when he's going to be fighting next? Do we have an idea when he's going to defend the title again? Or who? Um, right now, I, I think they're looking for a Manchester card. I don't know at what point in the year. I think sometime this year. And I think it's been, like, pretty much confirmed. Dan Henderson's getting the rematch. I like that matchup. I think, Daniel, I, I think Dan Henderson can knock him out again in more devastating fashion. The H-bomb lands, it's game over. Dan Henderson hasn't skipped a beat. Has not. Since his fights in Pride, never skipped a beat. I think, I think, um, I think, you know, Bisping has a real resurgence in his career right now. And it could be, it could be argued that he's the best Bisping he's ever been right now at this moment. Um, and I don't think that's the case with Dan Henderson. So I think Bisping will take that fight. You really, you really think so? You think, you think Michael Bisping can actually weather the storm of, uh, and I don't know what it was, but we were watching. Bro, uh, he, I remember just, beat, he just beat Anderson Silva and Luke Rockhold, two guys that back, are leading. back to back. Yeah, like leagues okay. above Dan Henderson right now. I mean, it's he's. I I wouldn't be surprised if he opened a, a huge favorite to beat Dan Henderson. He's, he, I no doubt about it. He's on a tear. But, like, you should see some of the shit. Yo, I, they're broadcast partners. Like, Michael Bisping saying that he wants to fight Daniel Cormier and saying that, you know, like, yeah, I can just imagine him, like, in his little office, like, eating crumpets and shit. Like, yeah, I'll fight, I'll fight Daniel Cormier. Fuck that fat guy. Like, you know, you know anybody, <laughs> yo, anybody can talk shit. Yeah, fuck Daniel Cormier. Yeah, I'll pull my trousers yeah, and fucking keep him in the That's a pretty, pretty good impersonation, man. <laughs> I was, I was yeah, surprised. Yo, 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 you remember when he was, uh, when, when CM Punk first signed the fucking UFC? He's like, yeah, I'll fight CM Punk. Yeah, bring the pro wrestler over. I'll fuck him up. <laughs> yo, just talk mad shit all the time. Like, Michael Bisping is a character. He's been like that since, he might have learned from Tito, because I remember they were on the Ultimate Fighter together. Michael Bisping was on Tito's team. <laughs> yo, so funny, man. So funny. Speaking of which, uh, uh, CM Punk, did you see uh, him on the poster of UFC 203? Yeah, man. Uh, he, I mean, I, I kind of knew they were going to put Punk on the poster. I mean, how could they not? They they probably pay a lot of money for him. They're going to 
have him on the pay-per-view and all that. But could they have gotten a more flattering pose for him to do? He he looks like he's he's running with his hands onto his nipples. I mean, I don't know. It's very, he looks very uncomfortable and awkward. And I think they could have put him in a more dominant position if they were going to put him on the poster. I I, I think CM Punk by decision. I don't know, Adam. <laughs> Yo, he looks scared shitless on the poster, and obviously it's a big pink elephant. First time ever a pink elephant was featured on a UFC poster, but, you know, I, I think, you know, CM Punk has a chance, you know? He's training with uh, the now welterweight champion of the world. He has the Pettis brothers in his corner. He's, he's trained with a good camp. He's been in the game for two years. I mean, Adam, you're a pro wrestling guy. Maybe you'll actually side with me on something. CM Punk maybe can win. Yeah, I think he can win for sure. I mean, I am not having any specific expectations for this fight. Um, I have we we have no idea what the fuck he's gonna do if he's gonna try to strike or wrestle. We have no idea. Um, yeah. We don't we we don't know fucking anything. <laughs> we really do not know what he's gonna do. So. It's interesting, and I don't have any expectations. I think, yeah, can he win it? Yeah. Can he lose it? Definitely, yeah. So, you know, Mickey Gall looks looks pretty good. So, we'll see what happens. And I'm doing the math right now. Okay, so, like, Mickey, let's look at Mickey Gall. Okay, John, you're you're an MMA expert, and you analyze every single detail. Mickey Gall, he, his first win, Woodmay Jean. Have you ever heard of that name, Adam? Uh, who? I'm sorry? Uh, okay, so Mickey Gall, we're, we're looking at his fight record, okay? So, like, Mickey Gall, he's a young kid, uh, two fights in the amateur, two fights at the pro. So, like, this is, this is where my argument's going to come in that CM Punk actually has a chance here to win this fight. Okay, so uh, Mickey Gall beats Wood My Gene, the gladiator. He beats him. Wood My Gene has a 0-0 record. Have you ever heard of a Wood My Gene? I feel like I'm not understanding understanding what you're saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Adam, let me continue. All right, let me continue Adam, with my point. In. Okay, so, so John, okay, so then Mickey Gall fights Marvin Nino at Dead Serious MMA 15. Beats Marvin uh, Nino by, by a rear naked choke in round three. And I also watched that fight. He kept taking, trying to go for takedowns with his head down low, not looking too hot. I mean, some flaws, obviously, he's a new kid. He's a new kid on the block. He wins that fight. Then we go on to the pro. He goes to Dead Serious MMA. This is where, how do you win a fight? He beats uh, Ron Templeton. Ron Templeton, 0-0 zero zero record. That was his first loss. Then he fights a guy, ironically enough, named Michael Jackson. The Truth Michael Jackson, ironically enough. Beats the Truth Michael Jackson, who has an Amy record of 0-1 and a pro record of 0-0. Zero you, you see where I'm going with this here? Like, John, do you see where my argument is coming from, that CM Punk actually may have a shot? Yeah, but, I mean, who has CM Punk on against? He's 0-0. Zero, zero. Zero, like, every fucking zero you could possibly have, CM Punk has. Uh, Mickey Gall has fight experience. Whether it be amateur and pro, whether it be no names, whether it be Michael Jackson, he has experience, and he's a clear winner. He's undefeated. In anything MMA related, he's undefeated. What does CM Punk have going for him? He's he's a 39 year old man getting into a young man's sport, coming into a sport with plenty of concussions. So that means he's possibly susceptible to getting knocked out that much easier. You know, 
I, Gall has great, you know, a great chance of winning this and winning it easily. It's just the unknown of CM Punk that kind of makes you wonder maybe he could pull it off. Not to mention anything can happen in a fight, but but by the numbers, you got to go with Gall as like the clear cut favorite. You know what? I have like I have a conspiracy theory because uh, the Fertitta brothers were also on the Las Vegas Athletic Commission, the Nevada State Athletic Commission rather, and uh, they were actually the people that actually gave Mike Tyson back his MMA license, um, his boxing license. Mike Tyson's first comeback fight was against a guy named Peter McNeely, and Peter McNeely, they built him up forever, from 1991, the time when Mike Tyson was in trouble, all the way up to 1995 into their first fight, their first fight back, okay? So, like, McNeely has an undefeated record fighting against Mike Tyson, but McNeely only fought club fighters with 0-0 records or 0-5 or, like, just built up and gassed up his record. Do you think, like, a a similar scenario is where they are doing the same thing with Mickey Gall where they see a guy with a gassed up record who hasn't fought, uh, you know, he he hasn't exactly fought tough competition because, again, he's a young kid who is coming right from the Amis. Like, Adam, do you see a, a, a circumstance here where I'm getting at that maybe people have been doubting CM Punk and shitting on him, that, you know, they might have to eat their words here because the UFC knows what they're doing, and they're putting up CM Punk against a guy who they know he might be able to beat. I agree, of course. They're giving him, they're gonna, they're definitely going to give him a, a fighter that they, uh, that they think he could win against because they want to turn him into, you know, they want to, they want a good return on their investment into him. They want to make him into you know, an attraction, kind of like how Kimbo Slice was. Even though he was terrible, they picked his fights really well because they knew he would win and continue to get views. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think, of course, they're going to try to do that with CM Punk. Um, and, of course, he can win this fight. It's, he's definitely, he can win this fight. But me, personally, I just, I don't have any expectations because I have no idea what the fuck he's going to do. So, yes, it's super winnable for him. Um and he can just go out there. He hasn't. When's the last time he's been in front of a huge crowd? I mean, he's been in front of 100,000 people at WrestleMania, and he's fought Undertaker and been in high-profile moments. So maybe nerves won't get to him, but this is going to be his first time in a real, real fight where the guy across from you wants to kill you, take your head off to feed his family, you know? So it's it's a different atmosphere for him. We'll see, we'll see how he does. And just... John, would you agree that the the, re, the return of the investment was that while Step Step is, is defending the title against Alistair Overeem, you have Fabricio Verdum fighting uh, Ben Rothwell, I think, and you have like a right favor on the card. That's that's Cohera and all these big names, but yet everyone's still talking about CM Punk on this card. Is the return on the investment already there? That the fact that CM Punk has completely taken over the UFC 203 card and completely taken over the hype towards this? I mean, you got to assume that was the plan. CM Punk is coming in with a built fan base. He, he is basically going to have that Brock Lesnar effect without all the the pedigree Brock Lesnar has, you know? Um, this is the plan. I mean, Stipe is not exactly a household name. Neither is Rockwell. Neither is, you know, anybody on that card. Even, even Faber. Faber is one of the biggest stars there is, but he's not a household name. CM Punk... I don't know if I could say he's a household name, but he's definitely more so than anybody else on that card. And he's going to bring that much more pay-per-view buys and that many new fans, that many haters. Everything's going to come with him. So, I mean, it's a good investment. I don't think the comparison you made with Mike Tyson would be accurate because 
again, I gotta repeat myself that Punk has zero experience in anything. He wasn't even a jiu-jitsu player. You know, he did it as a hobby when he could, when he had time off. You know, he has really nothing going for him when it comes to, you know, a background in martial arts. Mickey Gall has been doing jiu-jitsu his whole entire life. Very good. Okay. And on that note, because boys and girls, we are heading towards the end of the show. First show back, getting out the marbles out. Of course, we were off last week. Remaining words, Adam. Adam and John, you guys did an awesome job, especially because we're missing Max. We're missing the heavily beloved Brandon from Brooklyn MMA. Uh, Adam, last thoughts, last words. Get out anything you want to say right now. Um, yeah. Uh, shout out to that gay land. <laughs> um, Here it comes. Shout out Fat Gay Leon. Here it comes. Well. From downstairs? Yeah. They're the Fat Gay. They're called the Fat Gay Elves because it's Leon and Lance. Gotcha. Um, True. Okay. Continue. Yeah. yeah, I just, you know, let's just, everybody, let's just have a fucking good year. Let's all move forward and let's fucking watch Connor knock out Nate Diaz. Let's go. Oh, also, Alex Caceres versus Yari Rodriguez. If you guys are not up on that fight, Um, no, I'm not actually. You said you were gonna bring it up, Adam, and you never have. And I said, Wow, he actually got dropped. Okay. So John <laughs> Wow. <laughs> rough rough fucking first show back, my friend. Holy shit. But uh nevertheless entertaining. Uh John, final thoughts? Final things you wanna to add to the table. Uh John, by the way, has plenty of articles, two articles on dreamleapro.com. Actually, better yet too. When, John, you posted the articles, your articles are two of the top ten most viewed articles on the website. So, final thoughts, final things you want to say, anything you want. Get off your chest, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, I got Yair, Yair Rodriguez winning that fight. You know, the fight um, Adam was bringing up before he uh, got dropped out. Um, it should be an interesting card. Um as for final thoughts, man, uh, shout out to Alex, man. He he was an awesome guest. Um, and um, fuck Joshua, he was a, a dickhead. Um, looking forward to checking out his his man fight on two hundred two. Looking forward to seeing Connor get that rematch. And that's about it, man. Shout out to Joel getting that knockout this past Saturday. Gotcha. Yeah, and Joel, big big victory, huge victory. Uh, we don't even have to talk about the prank caller. Even though it was, it was slightly entertaining, it was still fucking borderline inappropriate. No no doubt that Alex would beat the fuck out of that keyboard warrior, which, you know, again, entertaining, still not appropriate. This is why, folks, we do not have callers. We just shoot our shit. You guys can enjoy, listen, don't call in, because obviously we have shit like that that happens, which, again, you know, we appreciate everybody that listens in. We appreciate everybody that listens to John and reads John's articles. John is amazing with mixed martial arts. You know, he always schools me every single time we talk about it. And, John, always a fucking pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, John, thank you. Have a good rest of your night, and we'll see you in two weeks, John. Later, man. Boys and girls, children of all ages, (laughs) oh, my God. So just to wrap up the show for all the fine listeners at home, uh, you learned why we do not have callers to call in, which is awesome sauce. I don't know why I'm still talking about it, but it was 
actually kind of funny because literally the timing couldn't even be more off, which is their first show back. Blog Talk Radio, of course, was down two weeks ago. Could not air the episode, unfortunately. Uh, rough first show back. It happens. Alex was an amazing guest and told such an inspiring story. We're going to edit that shit right out. So uh, Josh's 20 minutes of fame is uh, currently currently up right now. But by the way, huge shout out to all of our listeners, everybody that listens in, everyone that doesn't call in yet listens. Here's us talk about mixed martial arts. Here's us talk about the sports we love. Shares our own critiques on the on the internet. Listens to us on iTunes. Listens to us on Android. Amazing, awesome sauce. Love all you guys. <laughs> Again, I can't stress it enough. Rough first show back, of course. Our uh, faithful leader Max couldn't join us. Brandon couldn't join us. Brandon's obviously he did a good job helping Joel train for his fight. Shout out to Joel of Brooklyn MMA who won his last fight. And, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap this up like a Christmas present. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back in just about two weeks. Dream Elite Podcast. <laughs> Again, can't stress it enough. Rough first show back. Rough around the edges. But I hope you guys were entertained because if you guys were entertained, if you guys enjoyed the program like you do every single week, every single time you listen in, then the ends justify the means. Boys and girls, children of all ages, this is David Potter with our host, Adam our host John, our host Brandon, our host Max, saying thank you so much. So long, boys and girls, and we will see you in two weeks. Catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye. Fios is not cable. We're wired differently, which means you can get the fastest internet available with equal upload and download speeds from 50 to 500 megs. So you can upload 200 photos before your favorite song is finished. Click the ad and switch to Fios today to get our best offer ever. Fios is not cable. We're wired differently, which means you can get the fastest internet available with equal upload and download speeds from 50 to 500 megs. So you can upload 200 photos before your favorite song is finished. Click the ad and switch to files today to get our best offer ever.